I look for risk, you know, if it's a new technology and the factory doesn't have experience in it, even if they understand how to do it, you know, big risk. If they haven't done it, it's, it's a different thing. Welcome to the Global From Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Today's podcast is brought to you by Aurelia Pay. I use them personally for sending money to my Chinese suppliers from Hong Kong. It's a cross-border payment solution between China, Hong Kong, and Southeast Asia. So when I need to make a payment to a Chinese supplier, I just hop online to place the remittance, pay to the Aurelia Pay's Hong Kong-based bank account, and Aurelia Pay will settle RMB within the same business day. So check them out online at www.aureliapay.com, A-U-R-E-L-I-A-P-A-Y.com, or check them out linked in our show notes. All right, everybody, another Global From Asia interview series podcast, and I am here with Angelica. How are you today, Angelica? I'm feeling better, Mike. Yeah, I was. I know we've been missing your last last show. Uh, you, I think I have a feeling it's cross border matchmakers' fault that you got sick. <laughs> you were working really hard and late on uh, talking to a lot of people about the events and everything. So it's great to have you back, and uh, we're we're getting up. Yep. Getting up back up there in the episode numbers. What's the episode number this week? We have episode 202. Great. In the 200s, getting getting past that round number. So before we get into our show, who's a, who's our member of the week for Global From Asia VIP? Yeah, our featured member for this week is actually Mar Rodriguez. Um, she's a YouTube vlogger and she actually um, has or has a Spanish channel and also an English channel. So if they want to check that out, they can check our um, member series on the web. Yep, yep. We'll link it up on the show notes as always. So if you guys want to just get there quicker, it's globalformasia.com slash episode 202. And yep. another quick shout out to my friend and Hong Kong business entrepreneur, business owner, Kevin Shi. He's, uh, he was actually one of my, our first guests in episode 16. That was way back, mm-hmm. way, way back. And he does local, he's the CEO and founder of a storage company, SC Storage. And he partnered up with a guy and they started a new podcast called Digital to Foot Traffic. So he's been uh, getting a lot of tips from me and I'm, I'm excited to to uh, help him out or give him some pointers or see that he's been inspired to start a podcast for marketing to retail stores. So he's a retail guy, like a local business, uh, local, local retail expert. So it's going to be a, it's a great show. He's a couple shows in. So definitely guys, if you're interested, check that out at, uh, and we'll link it up on the show notes. Also, we're doing more and more events. I just had a briefing with Angelica before. Mm-hmm. There's there's more events. Uh, we have so, one more before the end of the year. Well, actually, I've just been more uh, like Lorenzo, Andrew Voda. They did an amazing one for uh, Hangzhou just the last week. And it hasn't happened yet as this recording. But there's just amazing stuff happening. We have uh, the Huachan Bay tour. So people loved our China trip we did right before the matchmaker. And we talked to Hank at Troublemaker. And we're going to do this every first Saturday of the month. So this will be our second Huachan Bay tour, and it will be Saturday, December 2nd 
You can find it on globalformation.com slash it's a it's hard to spell watch on base so uh, just go to slash events and let us know or, or add angelica on wechat global mm-hmm. global from asia or vip at global from asia and then another one is a, a big announcement i'm moving not moving excuse me traveling back to the states i booked four airplane tickets for four people my kids my wife and me february 1st to the 18th uh, Florida only, and we're going to do a China business workshop February 7th and 8th, uh, 2018. And I'm really excited for that one. So definitely check that out. China business workshop.com slash Florida. Got too many domains, right? Angelica? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but let's talk about this week's, this week's show. So this is Kara. Kara is Amazing. She was one of our VIP attendees at the cross-border matchmaker, Kara Atchison. And she's an American from Texas based in Taiwan. So when uh-huh. I when I heard that, when I met her at the matchmaker, I was like, there's been a lot of people asking about Taiwan content or Taiwan topics. So mm-hmm. we I met her in person after the event and she in our uh, little studio place here in Shenzhen before she flew back to Taiwan and we did an interview talking about kind of a little bit of, it's kind of a mix of the Taiwan business scene as well as the manufacturing. And she does a lot of the sourcing and manufacturing and she helps a lot of companies a lot with PCBs and other technical products in China manufacturing. So she gives us a wealth of information and, and uh, let's, let's tune in. Okay. Live in Shenzhen, China, we are here with Kara Atchison from Lone Star Technology Limited in, in Taiwan, but here in Shenzhen. Thanks for being here, Kara. Oh, it's really great to be here. I was over here checking a factory this morning doing what I usually do. And so I was really pleased to get an invitation to come over here. Yeah, we, we met. You were, you were uh, one of our VIP guests at the Cross-Border Matchmaker. Thank you so much for, for uh, participating and supporting. And uh, it's great to get you uh, get to know you more and get you on the show. So thanks for that. Thanks. That was a great event. There was 200, 250 people there. Yeah, we had different level of tickets, but in the conference room was about 250. And then we also had like uh, the outside area too. So there was uh, about over 100 of those tickets as well. So yeah, a few hundred, over, almost 400 total, but in the conference room, uh, over 200. Yeah, yeah, it was a good group. I enjoyed the time for sure. I'll definitely go to the next one. Great, thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so you're you were the, you were in Shenzhen then, and now you're back in Shenzhen today. Yeah, back checking a factory, and uh, I'm working with a cable supplier, and it's a small factory matching a small customer, and they are missing a few quality processes. And so I just go over there and kind of guide them through that. I have a factory audit spreadsheet that I walk them through each step that I would really like to see and why it's a benefit for the factory to have that. Nice. And so I kind of saw the light bulbs going on where he was like, oh, I, he told me, I remember a customer, they didn't order, they visited us and they left. Mm. And so now he's kind of wondering if he'd, you know, had the SOPs in place, if he'd had IQC procedures, could he have won that business? True, true. Well, that's great. You're helping helping him and, and uh, doing some great things. So let's back up a little bit. We're getting some juice. So I just want to get recording. You, you started out as a rocket scientist. 
<laughs> yeah, it's really funny. My dad is a retired NASA engineer, and I'm a daddy's girl. So I followed <laughs> in his footsteps and went off to school and came back and started launching space shuttles. <laughs> it turned out the economy was hot, so it was really easy to get into that at that time. Awesome. And after about eight years, I got kind of, I felt like the Maytag repairman. You know, I had done everything there, you know, at Kennedy Space Center, if you're launching a space shuttle, there's really not much else to do besides being an astronaut. Okay. <laughs> and so then I moved on to uh, another defense industry, you know, telemetry, missiles, things wow. like that, telemetry systems. And after that, I decided to try my hand at commercial. And that's when I joined Texas Instruments. And the things that I've learned at Texas Instruments are the things that I'm using today. Very cool. Yeah, I mean... Texas Instruments is a massive company. I I, I really think of the calculator. That you know, she, it's everyone really, must still think of the calculator. <laughs> it's really funny you say that because the first group I was in was actually a fab for about a year. Very high stress thing. After that, I went to a group called DLP, which is a projection technology, display technology. And I was there for many years, had a great career with them, and they had a giant layoff. And there were 1,600 engineers that hit the market. And I joined the calculator team. And I had friends tell me, how could you go to this type of technology after you've worked on these other type of digital processors? You know, like it was something lower. But actually, at that time, with 1,600 engineers on the market, I was really glad to have the job. It was the best thing ever, because that is where I learned about manufacturing. Nice. That's where I learned about materials, how to get a product from beginning to end. You know, just invaluable from a team of people that had 35 plus years in manufacturing. Amazing. They also saw the transition from manufacturing in the United States to Taiwan to China. Mm. And now Philippines, other places yeah, as well. Southeast Asia. It's a, it's a trend. And obviously, I don't have as much experience. But I was, uh, I remember my first job was in a machine shop in Connecticut, my hometown. And they were like, everything's going to India. I was doing CAD design and, and uh, to China a lot of the engineers there, but it's, it's been an interesting transition. So how did, so how did you go from rocket scientist, Texas Instruments to Taiwan? The common thread was data in displays. You know, I did telemetry systems for the space shuttle and then moving into DLP is data for display technologies. It's all frames of data. How do you put it together, take it apart? Um, you know, it wasn't, it was just because I worked in Asia is how I got the manufacturing job within TI, not because I knew about calculators, but just having that other skill that they could connect, you know, let me come over. And I spent a lot of time at the factories in Shanghai and Shenzhen, you know, watching over production nice, and auditing, you know, learning from, from the best. Very cool. So we've got, I, I mentioned to you, We've gotten requests a few times about Taiwan business because um, we talk about Hong Kong a lot. You know, Hong Kong corporations, China business, of course, manufacturing and e-commerce. But we talked even about Philippines companies and uh, Thailand. So, are you registered? You're registered a company in Taiwan. I'm registered in Taipei. Taipei, okay. And um, it's very business friendly. You know, it's you get an accountant or you could do it yourself, but it's just so inexpensive to get an accountant to file the paperwork. The The first step is you get permission to invest in Taiwan. Being a foreigner, you have to get, you know, put a certain amount of money in the bank and a special account. And then they decide that you can invest in Taiwan. And then from that point, it's basically just 
opening the company, getting the import, export, your tax license. Um, and then you hire yourself if you would like to be the manager. Yeah. Now, there's a revenue requirement for that, but it's, it's gross. It's not profit. So it's doable. Okay. You know, now Taipei is becoming much more active at promoting these startup business mm-hmm. like Startup Stadium. Yeah, we talked about. So, you know, if you know people in that area and even on the website, you can um, get out there and see a lot of grants available for entrepreneurs that even include the work visas. Nice. So Taipei is really rolling out the red carpet, trying to bring people in because they know they have a brain drain. Well, it's it's true. I don't. I don't have no, I don't have the, the data to back me up, but somebody said that at one point Taiwan had more GDP than than China. Uh, and oh, export. it must be, yeah, must be. It's um, and now these beautiful factories are not as full as they should be, and and Taiwan hasn't caught up with the times on that. They're not competing like they could. Salaries are really very competitive in Taiwan now. Costs are competitive. But Taiwan has not competed. I can get a quote in 24 hours from an injection molding factory here. Mm-hmm. In Taiwan, it may take a week. Well, yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I It's mean- not good. But the quality, you know, they also are much more cautious towards jumping in. First, they want to make sure that you're really serious before they waste time on it because they get a lot of requests of mm-hmm. people shopping and then they don't buy, but they've spent hours preparing the quote. Mm-hmm. Um, Taiwan is much more cautious about that. But at the same time, they're careful with what they're doing, too. There's a lot more quality. It's easier to get quality in Taiwan than it is in China at the small factories. The big factories are beautiful. I mean, they're doing some wonderful things here, no doubt. But for my clients that are the small to medium-sized customers, Mm -hmm. they don't have the leverage to go have a factory like Texas Instruments has a, a whole factory full of calculators or Apple or, you know, they just don't have that kind of leverage, so they have to manage the quality much tighter if they have a product that needs precision. I understand. I mean, we talk about it on the show a lot. You know, you people want to go to the Foxconn, but Foxconn doesn't want to work with the small buyers. So yeah, yeah. You, you have to. If you're a smaller buyer, you have to find a smaller factory. Yeah, find and, the right size factory for the right size company. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, you kind of answered. You, yeah, some of these maybe I can just dive in. So then for visas, I know there's people that moved to Taiwan. They, I mean, I still haven't been, I'll be honest. I almost went once with my wife. It's a visa you don't have to worry about if you're not Chinese, but she's mainland Chinese. So when we, she didn't know she needed two visas. I don't know if you know that trick. You, I, I know that it's not so easy for, mm-hmm. for Chinese citizens coming over. There was, uh, she didn't know. She got a re- permission, a visa from China, mainland China to go to Taiwan but she also needed a visa from Taiwan to enter Taiwan. She needed to have two permissions. Isn't that crazy? So we were in the airport in Shenzhen about to fly. We had hotels and flights. Oh, no. And uh, they said, no, we don't really get on the plane because you don't have permission to enter Taiwan. You have permission to leave China to go to Taiwan. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we can ask her. She's in the other room. We can get her on the show. But uh, it was obviously a disappointing but uh, we know now. That's what I'm talking about. You know, Taiwan's got to get up with the times and be more open. Mm. Brilliant technology, beautiful factories, cost competitive, but they have to move faster. Yeah, I've heard costs are lower 
are, are you know, reasonable. Comparable now. Comparable. For the smaller volumes, you know, I say like a truckload of stuff. Mm. You know, yeah, they're comparable. Okay. And then we had some talks about Taiwan before and PCBs, I think, are a lot of times still made there. Or what, what yeah, is what there's are the some industry? very nice factories and, and the factories have 30, 40 years of experience. Nice. You know, so they know how to do it. And I've got a customer that orders 500 pieces, not a big deal. But two years later, he came back and said, I need a reorder. And the my factory had all their drawings. He didn't have to have any new stencils done or anything. Just reorder. Right. <laughs> for for PCB? Or? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not a big profit for me, but it was a nice convenience to that customer. Sure. And he has recommended me to other people, you know, because it's just, you know, he can't get that. He just can't get that other places. It's great. So would you say that, is that a mean, is there any advantage or is there any, I, I think well, that's why I said PCB. I mean, it, I know people still import PCB from Taiwan into mainland China mm. still. I mean, is there other industries or is that even correct? Actually, um, there's one factory that I think is just beautiful called um, Apex PLT. They make connectors. Yeah, I keep working on connectors, but yeah. they make connectors for MRT systems for aircraft. The best of the best. And you look at their qual lab and they have this equipment where you can tell that their clients have required them to do certain tests. You know, they, they manufacture for the best. And so trying to get a quote out of them is difficult, but they are the best. If you want the best, you, you be patient and go work with these guys. Give them a lot of lead time and it, it will be perfection. You know, but if you next day you want to order in two weeks, mm. it's not going to happen. They're just going to laugh at you, you know. So it made me think of another. Mm, we were at you know, Global Information Meetup in Saigon and we were talking about buying sourcing in, Thai, in uh, Vietnam. And some people said it's harder because a lot of attendees are younger Amazon sellers or e-commerce sellers. And they said when they go to a factory in Saigon, the factory doesn't take them serious because they're younger. Like a culture thing. Um, I wonder if that's something... Because there's a lot of very successful, very young e-commerce, Amazon FBA sellers. Could be. I mean, Taiwan is very, very traditional. Mm. You know, they're kind of stuck in time on that part, you know. Um could be, although I found them to be very open and inviting. And I think it's just more if you're going to bother him to go get a quote, please place an order. <laughs> I really think, you know, Taiwan really values having that earning money. Money is important. I understand. So, um, no, I don't I don't think that it would. I think as a foreigner in Taiwan that um, they're glad to have you and they don't see it as, you know, it's almost like we're exempt from the rules of the local people. You know, I think if I were a local Taiwanese guy and going to do things, I'm, I might not be taken as seriously as I am as some crazy foreigner you know, walking <laughs> in the door. It is true. We, it's, I think, similar in mainland China as well. Uh, by being a foreigner, we get special treatment, which, you know, obviously Chinese get upset about that, but it's just the way it is. It's not my fault, right? I mean, and... So then your visa, so for visas, I, I mentioned my wife, Wendy's issue, but most people don't have to worry. Most people can just fly their tourist visa on arrival, right? Americans. Definitely. And, I think it's 90 days now that we finally have matched that. Both with, countries have 90 days entry into Taiwan. Okay. Um, but for me, because I have a business, yep. 
I had a resident card and a work permit through my company. And then after I hit the five-year mark, I applied for permanent residency. Oh, so I have a permanent card. Nice. Because in Hong Kong, a lot of people go for Hong Kong ID or permanent residence seven years. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. It takes seven years to get PR in Hong Kong. So people try to get either employment visa or investment visa for seven years, and then they're a permanent resident of Hong Kong. And the reason people do that is the healthcare benefits and mm-hmm. uh, education for their kids. I kind of regret I didn't do that, but... <laughs> yeah, for me, it's freedom from immigration requirements. You know, I can do anything that a citizen can do except vote. Mm. And being able to just not be tied to a job, I really recommend anybody who's in Taiwan for five years, they need to go and apply for that because then you're free to do whatever you want. That is pretty – I didn't know it. That's nice. It's even a little bit faster than than, uh, Hong Kong. And then you would get the benefits of like the medical health care system. Yeah, we get that now with a resident card. You know, I'm in the health care system even before I had permanent residency. Um. I think the only area that's difficult for foreigners these days are getting credit at banks, you know, mm. getting a credit card. By some miracle, I was able to get one in Taiwan, yeah. but it's really difficult to get one without a co-signer. True. Yeah, we talk, people complain about that with Hong Kong now. It's very hard to get credit card. There's starting mm. to be more startup solutions, and there's also uh, secured credit cards, mm-hmm. which is obviously not ideal, but it gets you started. So... Life is good there. I mean, like I said, I haven't even been able to see it. I've heard the food is amazing. I've heard it's like very nice people and culture. And outdoor activities. If you enjoy, you know, surfing or hiking and the East Coast looks like Hawaii. Really? It's breathtaking. Um, If you get to an offshore island, like Penghu has live coral reefs still. Wow. You know, so... And it's just pristine. It's just beautiful. Now, Taiwan mainland island is not the beaches there. I was, you know, I was born in Florida, you know, yeah. so that's kind of what I'm, that's my benchmark. So it's hard for that. But I tell you, Penghu Island, their beaches really rival or surpass what I know in Florida. Amazing. Because of the, it's the coral reefs. Everything is alive. You're looking around and there's something going on. You know, it's just, it's breathtaking. And then you said offshore. So I wonder how, from mainland Taiwan. 30 minutes by airplane. Okay. And the same price is taking the high-speed rail from north to south. Okay. So I have a friend who has a house in Penghu and works in Taipei. And so on the weekends, he goes home. <laughs> wow. That sounds, that sounds uh, nice 30 minutes. I'll, uh, I got some notes, mental notes here. And... And then, so you're here in Shenzhen now. Mm-hmm. It's not so far. So you're flying like Shenzhen Airport to yeah. Taipei? Yeah, actually, I was through Hong Kong yeah, because Hong there's Kong. more flights. Yeah. There's not enough flights out of Baoan quite true. yet. It is true. But it's an hour and 40 minutes, which is about the amount of time to go north to south in Taiwan. It's an hour <laughs> and 40 minutes. <laughs> okay. That's and nice. E-gate, we have a, a card to get out of out our our ID card where we can go through the gates pretty quickly Nice for immigration. So it makes getting out of the airport and back in really easy over there. Yeah, we have some blog posts here at Global from Asia, like APEC cards. Uh, I don't know. I've never been to Taiwan, so I haven't been able to use it there. APEC cards, mm. and then we also have e-channel in China. Mm. Well, uh, you have to have a residence in China, and you can go through the e-channel on the China side. That's good. And so, yeah, I, I just came back from Hong Kong, and I, I go pretty fast with APEC on the Hong Kong side and then e-channel on the China side. 
is pretty awesome. Yeah, those are definitely worth looking into if you're crossing borders. Anything <laughs> yeah, you can like do us, to make it easier, like, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, travel's already hard enough, but then you got to cross board, borders at the same time and customs and especially in China, it's like, you, you know, the the patience we have to have. Maybe it's the right way to say it. So then how often do you normally come over here? Or, you know, you can run a lot from Taiwan. It's okay. or I'm over here about at least once a month and usually every couple of weeks. And, you know, like I said, I go to the factory, I've got my checklist and, you know, just kind of try and make sure everything stays on track because that face to face is really important. Mm. And, you know, something this the factory told me today was made me feel pretty good about it. You know, I said, do you have other foreign clients, customers? He goes, yeah, we do. He said, but they don't ask the questions that you ask. <laughs> I want to know where there's third party suppliers, yeah. how they control that, you know, yeah. where's your SOPs, where's your labeling on your incoming material, mm-hmm. you know? And he said, they just asked me about price and schedule mm-hmm. delivery date. They don't, they don't even ask capacity, mm-hmm. you know, which I find kind of surprising, but I think it's people are probably over time, they would have more questions. They Maybe that's one of their first encounters with a factory, you know, that, they don't think about that. Mm-hmm. It is true. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people need to learn by uh, <laughs> trial and error. Everybody has a story where we learn something yeah. that we didn't check quite right. And then you apply that the next time, you know, and you just get better at it. It's true. <laughs> so Taiwan seems okay for a pace. Is is you know, listeners are always, you know, a lot of times still in the U.S. or in their home country, you, it seems like you're you're happy with Taiwan as your as your base. I I love Taiwan. Taiwan is home for me. I think um, I can see myself having a place here as well, just so I have a place to stay because I'm over here so much. I can see that you know in the near future. But I do like that whole island feel of Taiwan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just very relaxed and it's different. Sounds cool. Like a small town. <laughs> I have to go. I'll have to try again. We'll talk to Wendy after the show and uh, convince her. Well, she's open for it. So well, then, I hope it's improved. I hope they, you know, they keep working on that. You know, I hope that it's improved in that area. I don't know. It was, I guess, just lack of information on her side. She was complaining that when she went to the cust- did the visa on the China side, nobody told her she needed one to the Taiwan side. Um. And then this show might get some neg. I have some negative feedback whenever I've talked about Taiwan mm-hmm. before, and then there's always these uh, people that say Taiwan is China. I don't want to get into that conversation. You know, and, and I think most people don't over there as well. I mean, people are basically doing their thing, working, you know, making a better life for their families, and that's kind of like everybody in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's not the day to day thing, and. You know, but I guess that's, you know, people do get into that. Mm-hmm. So then let's talk more about what your business, what you're, what you do. You're, you're helping international companies buy purchasing procurement uh, quality. What uh, I'm, I'm helping small companies, small design houses build things for industrial applications like LED lighting, medical devices, Something that needs precision, something that needs a PM versus a one-time purchase online, you know, that has to fit in with their product. And I do specialize in hard-to-find displays, which is difficult in the smaller volumes to find, you know, which usually involves a compromise. If I can catch them in their design early enough, 
then I can usually find something they can design in. Because you know, you can't just walk into Intellux and say, Mm -hmm. I want a new display, you know? (laughs) And so the other thing that I do is I audit companies before they make that big purchase. And maybe more frequently, I go help them fight fires. Okay. After they've made the purchase and production starting and they're having some quality problems. So I'll go over to the factory and try and figure out where that is and then make a recommendation to the client. So sometimes it's a one-time shot where they just send me over there to go figure out what to do because they've been there themselves and, and didn't get it. And they realize they need a little more help in that area. Other times they say, go find this for me, give me the drawings and I will look them over and make some recommendation if need be for manufacturability. You know, because sometimes the design is is great and it would work, but getting it on a production line, there may be something that could be easier to assemble, you know, mm. something that won't, it's, you know, some, I look for risk, you know, if it's a new technology and the factory doesn't have experience in it, you know, big risk. Even if they understand how to do it, if they haven't done it, it's it's a different thing. So, you know, it's I'm more of that program manager, manufacturing engineer combination. Nice. It's a little bit different than buying a one-time shot for something that you're reselling. Both are great. They're just a different a different market. Interesting. So how can people best find you online? Well, I'm on LinkedIn. So if you go look for me, Kara Atchison, uh, or go to my website, lonestartech.tw, and uh, you'll find me out there. Nice. That even got the TW. That's that's great. <laughs> Do you, do you need to have a comp? Some some of these dot some of these TLDs make you have to have a presence there first. Was that mm. difficult to get? No, very easy. Just okay. It was out there, and then looking for something that fit with the company. Yeah, messaging. Nice. If I could add some more questions about the Taiwan stuff, <laughs> sure. It's coming to my mind. And requirements yearly is it is it is it a lot of? I know in Hong Kong we need audits. Is there? No, we really don't have that. You know, we file taxes in Taiwan in I want to say May is the is when the documents have to be filed. So it's a little bit off from US tax filing. So I always have to file an extension in the United States mm. in order to match up those tax mm. seasons. Um but I pay an accountant every two months we do the VAT tax, you know, so any receipts that you have from other vendors in Taiwan, you can get that back immediately. Oh, okay. Um and then the end of the year, she does my tax report and turns it in. All right. And so I think that, you know, and I found a local accountant. She doesn't speak any English, but she's a great accountant. She's been doing it for 30, 40 years. I don't have to worry about it not being right. And it's it's a very small investment. You know, so that's something that I think then I can focus on my business. because. I'm not good at accounting in my own country, so it's true, it's <laughs> why true. would I try to do that in Taiwan? You know, so I think just finding people that can help you do things and and just pay them for that, and then you can focus on the core. It's true, and thank you so much, Kara. Uh, the other thing, I and mean, in Hong Kong is in, they have English. So is that in Taiwan? Is there English, or is is the systems in in Chinese? You know, they uh, study English and grade school on up. My daughter lives with me in Taiwan, is teaching English for okay. kids that want to go abroad and study oh, at the university. Okay. Um, but most people don't have a chance to actually use it unless they work in a large multinational over there. So the average person, if you wrote it, they would know it. 
but at first spoken, they may not, okay. may or may not. Taipei more so. But when you go further south, you're even going to get into Taiwanese mm. language, which is completely different. Completely. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's more its dialects. own language. Yeah, even in the south, we have Cantonese. But it's that's why I like Shenzhen. It's Mandarin officially. But okay. Well, this has been great, Karen. Thank you so much for sharing. And uh, Well, thanks for inviting me. This has been fantastic. Yeah, I've fun. had a great day, and I really am glad that I had a chance to come by here. Yeah, thanks for making it. And I know you're on the go back to Taiwan, so yeah, safe travels. Headed back. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you, Kara, for sharing. We are making things happen here at Global From Asia. And it's amazing benefit, you know, to, to, you know, doing this podcast or making content is connecting with amazing people like Kara from around the world and, and talking to experts. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I always wonder if you make it to the end of this show. Uh, and we did get more t- Taiwan content. I know people ask, so I always want feedback from people. You can uh, always get a globalformasia.com slash contact or Mike at globalformasia.com. I do try my best to check all my email and keep up with email. So it's always a way. Also, Angelica is VIP at Global From Asia, where we do have a membership site, membership program, it does help a lot and I appreciate you guys. Thanks again for listening. So much content. I'm losing track, but we're trying to keep the quality as high as possible and people like Kara sharing. So thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.